What's up, folks? How we doing? Uh, this is a different Sunday, of course. We're going to call this Halfway to Sunday on a Sunday. Uh, but we just want to invite you guys literally into the living room. We're going to have a, a pertinent conversation here today. We got some special guests with us. Again, my name is Shayun. Uh, we're One Shot Church. Uh, and just during these times, we want to keep good conversation going. So I want my folks to introduce themselves. So first, we'll just go straight down the line. To my left, I got my brother. I'm Sanyi. What else you want? I don't know, man. So I'm Sanyi. Uh, I don't know what else you guys want to know about me. I'm just, uh, I'm just me. You gonna learn about me. You gonna learn about me. Uh, my name is Yvette. I'm a worship leader at One Shot. That's ah! One Shot. She practiced. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, Yvette is funny. Sonya actually went to uh, Harvard. So let's just... We're going to get into that. I just wanted to throw that out there. Like, that, this is not an ordinary brother here. Uh, he's being very humble. But my name is Rodney, a.k.a. Rodrigo. <laughs> so real quick today, uh, of course, we know a lot of different things are going on with folks. Uh, we got, uh, you know, layoffs happening. Yeah, you can't go outside too much. We shouldn't be sitting this close to one another. Uh, there's a lot of different tensions or stressors happening. Um, but what I wanted to do first was just check in with my folks before we jump into the conversation today. How would you say you guys have been doing, handling all the news going on, handling just kind of life being different, all the different pressures going on? How, how are you doing? How are you managing it? Any thoughts? on that um you know honestly this whole time I haven't really been that worried um I think my base biggest concern was like when are they gonna let me work from home uh that was my biggest <laughs> concern and then I think um just within like reading the news in the past couple weeks I'm kind of like okay this is this is getting a little serious um so I think my progression just like of my understanding of like the virus and what's going on, I've kind of become a little bit more concerned yeah, um, yeah. within the past couple of weeks. Yeah, and then, and then as well, yeah, as I'm asking how you guys are doing, do we think, and not that there has to be like, well, the Lord is saying this one thing, but do we think God is communicating anything to us or that we can communicate to other people? Uh, how are you doing? What do you think God is saying during this time? Any thoughts on that as well? Either Rodney or my brother, Sonny? Well, um, yeah, I was just, uh, I was actually thinking about just recently, I don't know, I hope you guys are paying attention to what's going on at One Shot, but uh, both of these men just recently uh, shared word, and I was telling Shaywin about it, um, how on one end, Shaywin was teaching about how uh, Jesus is undefeated, right? And then uh, Rodney just recently was teaching about being, like, the foundation of yourself being planted and rooted in Jesus, right? So, like, I think that combination is what kind of, like, is important. I, I think that's what uh, the message is for this time. It's a very crazy time, but I think, like, being rooted in the right thing and knowing that anything else that's above that is not flying under the radar of Jesus is, like, what is really holding on, holding me in this time. And I think that's what is the message people should be really gravitating towards. I think that um, if people, because a lot of things are going awry now, like, and it just shows you how everything is so fleeting. Like, this earth is fleeting. Like, people around us, uh, situations, things that we depended on, like work, simple things are fleeting. But if we're, like, planted in our, in our, in Christ and, like, 
Everything else that is above that, we trust that Christ, it doesn't fall under the radar of Christ, and he's very involved and very intuitive into what's going on. I think, like, that's where that strong, like, that stronghold is, like, that that thing we can stand on and be stable, you know? Yvette, you also said something, uh, <clears throat> you were at our house maybe about a couple weeks ago, and you said that one of the things that you realized about yourself is that you were selfish. You want to elaborate on that? Because I think that's a good point. Sure. Um, I think it kind of goes back to, like, my first, when you asked that question. Um, I wasn't really worried about anybody else. I think my biggest thing was, like, um, because they, because of the way it was portrayed in the media, a lot of it was like, oh, you know, if you're over 60 and then you have pre-existing um, health conditions. So I'm like, oh, I'm fine. Like, I'm good. It doesn't really affect me, so I don't really need to worry about it. So when they were asking people, like, hey, let's start social distancing and, you know, like, let's take precaution, wear these face masks, I was like, has nothing to do with me so I don't need to do it but cool like you know um so I feel like that's really where I was like oh <laughs> as soon as I kind of understood how serious um this was um I was kind of like oh I took a step back and I was like oh wow that's I think that's like yeah and it's not even just like other people within um like my community I think it's like if you think about it, think about how many people you come in contact with in a day. Like, maybe not even intentionally, like, just going to the supermarket. You've already come in contact with, like, at least 30 people, you know? So I think it really, um, the social distancing is really helping. Um, and it's, about to lose my words here. Y'all know I don't know how to finish sentences. Nah, you good, you good, you good. <laughs> I, I think the big thing, too, and then I want to uh, shoot it over to Rodney, from the church's perspective, this has flipped the game. You know what I'm saying? We're doing a Sunday like this uh, via via broadcast services. Uh, we know some pastors have been like, for lack of a better word, screw it. We're going to have service. It don't matter. We've yeah. seen some people uh, being arrested and different government things. So what would you say from the church's perspective? How can we be looking at this virus, looking at the fact like, hey, it's Easter even, and we couldn't have a gathering? Yeah. Um, any thoughts you've been working through, or what would you want to say? Yeah, um, I was actually talking to one of my uh, close friends last night. Shout out to Ramon and his family. Hey, 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 Red hey. Roots, missionaries in Bolivia. Check them out, Red Roots dot com or dot org one of those um but you know i started reading um the book of acts again and just reading about okay how did this jesus movement how did this this christianity movement begin and 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 how did it grow and how did it evolve and so i think what this has done for many of us is it's brought us back to ground zero it's brought yeah. us back to what matters the most? I think for a lot of people, church has become very institutionalized. It's become more about the organization or the facilities even yeah. um, in the gathering. But I feel like now, you know, that all of that is stripped away from us. I think it's it's allowing us to focus on, okay, like, what is my responsibility as a leader, as a pastor um, in this day and age, in this season? And I'm like, yeah. It's to proclaim the goodness and 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 the and the grace of Jesus Christ to a dying, lost world, and it's to love every single human being that I come in contact with. And I think 
those two things, you know, that is the most important thing. So that's that's kind of what I've been falling back to and what I've been thinking about in this season. Yeah, no, I, I think that is um, kind of bare bones. What's happening is a lot of excess uh, tying together what all of you said. It's a lot of excess or uh, I guess how they would say it is you got to trim the fat now. And we're left with like, what is the meat of the matter? What what matters the most? And it's causing us to reexamine our priorities. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I think that's a great transition springboard uh, for the next few weeks. We're going to be entering a series called Bullseye. And the whole goal of that is saying, what should you be aiming for in your life? Yeah. And how do we know if we're hitting that target? Yeah. Um, so the, the first question I wanted to ask kind of personally, as we're taking a gaze at this, too, is like, man, when you guys think about success, what did you define success as when you were growing up? Like, what was the thing where it said, hey, when I reach this point, I've made it, right? Or if you guys, it doesn't have to be just when you're growing up, but in general, if you were to think about success and the vision you had in your head for what success would be, did any thoughts come to mind? Um, for me... I think when I was younger, it was definitely, um, I graduate college and I get married. And that was just like the Boom, end. I didn't, I didn't know what else was <laughs> coming after that. Yeah. Okay. So, I, and I think for a lot of people too, it's like, especially as a kid, it's like, man, you see the, we're, we're sold a dream. And a lot of us buy it, myself included, where it's like, yeah, no, I'm going to get married. I'm going to have my own house. Like, I just move out of my parents' house. I'm not stuck in this room no more. Ain't nobody telling me when to go to bed. And it's like, (laughs) success is like I have my own thing, Mm -hmm. right? Any other thoughts? How would you say you define success? How has that definition morphed over the years? Uh, Rodney or Sonny, any thoughts on that? Uh, Yeah, so I think that that, uh, personally... I saw my definition shift so many times that I was like, okay, there's something, obviously there's something that that uh, is not constant here, right? And I was like, you, your definition of success constantly being reinvented and shifted. And one thing is you can, you can elevate your whatever success is like, or something. That's how I thought about it. I was like, you can elevate it, but... The fact that I'm going in this direction and then in the other direction or one way or the other, I was like, something's not right here. My whole life, I, that's how I thought. But, yeah, so I had this shifting definition or vision of what it meant for me to be successful. Yeah. And I think, like, I had hit a point uh, uh, very recently, actually. I had to hit a point where I was like, okay, no, 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 this doesn't make sense outside of Jesus. Like, the constant, the con text of Jesus Mm. and I was like once that was introduced into the thing I was like when it comes to like career and uh family life and relationships and stuff once that was not that it was ever missing but once that was illuminated that it's necessary in these positions Jesus cares about these positions and I was like okay okay I have a very very uh concrete understanding of what my purpose is. Yeah. Much rather than what does the success look like to me? What does it mean to be, yeah. Yeah. So I, I would too. So if we do take it back, Rodney, when yeah. you were thinking about growing up, see Pleasant Merlin. <clears throat> yeah. Shout out. Shout out. You know what, <laughs> <laughs> what would you say you saw as success or did you ever think long term enough to say, man, I'm make it, I would make it when I reach blank? 
Yeah, uh, to 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 a degree, to touch on what Sunyi said, um, success definitely it, it is different for everyone, and it's different for every context. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, for me in my context, growing up in the hood, like all I thought about was. I want to get my mom out the hood. Like I, I, I want to, I want to help my mom. I want to, I want to, I want to change our lifestyle and our environment. And so, um, for me, you know, being presented in my context, you're presented with drugs as an option. You're presented with, um, you know, just that kind of street lifestyle Mm -hmm. and it's kind of glamorized and glorified, especially in, in your environment, as well as the music that you listen to and different things like that. So, for me, I've always just thought like, I don't care how I do it. Yeah, I'm going to get us out of. I'm going to change our situation. So that was that. Honestly, as small as that may sound, that was my mindset. That was what I thought success was: get my mom out the hood. So I think a lot of times, and we don't got to park here, but a lot of times too, certain people, um, especially from minority communities, they have stories of mm-hmm. either seeing drug dealers or even being like, man, I'm going to sell drugs myself. Um, so even to unpack this mindset, right, and I don't know how vivid you want to go into your experience, would you say you have been on a corner, like, yo, I'm about mm-hmm. to sell whatever that may be, don't incriminate yourself, but when it's you the, were... What is it, the law, the... Uh, uh, statue of statues, limitations, yeah, right? so of We're good. Like, this was way back when. <laughs> but would you say you saw that as like a ticket to success? If you're saying, hey, man, short term, I'm on this corner... All I see is just money. Like, or right. like, what? Walk us through the mindset of what it was, what you were shooting for. Yeah, I mean, well, when you're young and you're at the basketball court, and you know, my mom, she couldn't afford to buy all the shoes, and she could barely afford to uh, just keep groceries in the house. Yeah, you know, like yeah, I was, yeah. make, I was making fun of my kids. You know, they're crying about you know snacks, and I'm like, snacks? <laughs> what no snacks in the hood, man? What get out of here Ain't you know no we snacks. didn't have snacks rich people had snacks <laughs> boy you better eat what's what's in front of you but uh uh but uh we and we got to teach our kids that a privilege man just you know we we got to expose them but for me yeah when you're at when, when you're seeing guys pull up in cars that are like whoa yeah and they have wads of money yeah yeah in their pockets and uh you know there was a couple of we call them OGs you know and there were a couple of guys you know the ice cream truck would pull up they pull a wad of money out their pocket and and buy all the kids something yeah and you just see that and you just think like man I want that mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily care um how to get it I want to do that so for me there was a moment in my life where I saw selling drugs as an option to get the success that I wanted yeah and um Luckily though, man, I had a I had a guy. Shout out to my guy Brandon. Um, he know who he is, and he may not even remember this. But one night we were sitting together on a on a on the stoop uh, of our apartment complex, and he looked at me and he said, "Man, this isn't you." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" You know, because I was trying to pretend to be a a gangster. I yeah, was trying to pretend yeah. to be hard and to be a thug, and I really wasn't, man. I I just I really was just a a, a normal guy who just wanted to. I just wanted to see my mom not have to struggle. Mm, mm. That's what I wanted. Yeah. And I didn't care how to get there. But I remember him just looking at me, and and he could identify, no, this isn't consistent with who I think you are. Mm. You know, so, um, but long story short, yeah, I did see 
going that route as an option to get to whatever I thought success was. Yeah, yeah, no, and and I think it, uh, our brother Othello is here helping us film this, but shout it out to it makes Othello. me think. Shout out, shout out, but it makes me think about uh, even a camera lens, right? And sometimes when we view our lives and we view success, our lens is very small through which we're viewing it. And and I think what happens is you you realize that that lens can either be expanded or it can continue to shrink over the course of your life. And I would say for myself too, growing up, you know, what I'm saying I, I'm. Uh, first generation. My parents are immigrants from Nigeria. So you know what that means. Success is doctor, engineer. lawyer, engineer. Boop, that's it, right? So it's like you go to school, you get straight A's, don't bring any B's home, you better knock the grades out, and that is the ticket to success. So all my life growing up, it's like perfect attendance, do my thing at school, uh, get into college, and I didn't even get into the school I wanted to. So I think that was the first confrontation. I love Carnegie Mellon, by the way. Shout out Carnegie Mellon. But I wanted to go to Duke. I didn't get in, so it's just like, uh, hold on, wait a minute. Am I a failure? Am I not achieving what I needed to? And that really helped me to wrestle with the fact like your success can't be only rooted in your accomplishments. Um, but to transition to, so I wanted to ask this question for our two guests today too. I know you guys, I want you to walk us through your collegiate experiences, right? Because I know Yvette mentioned this too. When, when you're growing up, a lot of times it's like, hey, I'm going to go to college, graduate, get married, have my family, my stable job, boom, I'm successful. Um, but maybe, or I know both of you guys have some experiences that weren't so traditional with as you were navigating education. Um, and I think the one wrinkle I want to throw in there too, and, and we will unpack this after you kind of tell us a bit about your education story, was something that Rodney said when uh, his friend Brandon was like, man, this is not you. And I think identity and success and our goals it's this nice goulash. It's all mixed together. And you're trying to discover, we are all trying to discover who we are as we're walking towards what we're supposed to do. Um, so can you guys walk with us through, uh, what was the collegiate experience, your experience grad school, I know for you. Uh, could you share a little bit with us about that? Ladies first. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think like coming out of high school, like I said, I had very shifting goals and uh, whatever my definition of success was. Um, but definitely, I uh, went into I went into college just not really knowing exactly what was really going on in my life. Yeah. Uh, real, and that's very like retrospectively thinking, like, because in the moment I was just like, okay, this is this is what has to happen. Kind of like what Yvette was saying. Yeah, you go to college and make it happen. So I went to Howard, I went to the Howard University. So you know what I'm saying, okay. HU. You know the vibes. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I went to Howard, and um, undergrad was just kind of like all right, going through the motions. I think, um, uh, as it were, I, I was really like coming into myself. But uh, there were so many different aspects that were shifting, um, and that's kind of like the 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 general consensus of, of my life uh, for the past, I want to say like six years, was like that shifting, moving, kind of seeing like, okay, there's something going on. And then uh, coming out of there, um, I was getting ready to go into grad school and I was like, I know I want to go to grad school. And I, I was in this uh, honor society and they have like this uh, this pathway thing that they do. And so... I actually ended up double majoring in my undergrad. And then um, through that and using the pathway, uh, I had gone into Har Harvard University, 
Uh, it gets it gets hectic. So Howard, Harvard. <laughs> so, uh, so getting into Harvard University, I was kind of like, uh, I didn't know what to make of it. Yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah. And like you said, like uh, I'm, I'm in a, I'm, a, I grew up surrounded by a real like you know, uh, um, a foreigner community. Uh, my parents immigrate, um, migrated here, and so like, uh, and so just being in that community it made me feel like this is what this is what it was. Everybody, aunts, uncles. Yeah. Friends, family, they're just like, oh, you made it. That's it. Like, it's a wrap, you know? Like, and I guess you, I kind of just rode that wave into that experience. Mm-hmm. And then um, that's exactly what it was. Like, everything was really my effort, my exertion. And I didn't know how much it was wearing me down. Uh, and everything was going great, in my opinion, because I was on a wave. Yeah. And I think that... You don't really see how how hectic it is, because when you're on a wave, you're just focused on making sure that you're up. But but when that wave crashes, and like the water is still, that's when you get really stuck with your with the reality of things, right? And I really I got that still water. It was I don't want to say it was too late, but I was already in the midst of it. You know, I was in the in the right in the middle of it, and I was like, this is not it. Being, yeah, being at Harvard University. Yeah, being at Harvard and being up in Boston, uh, I was really kind of like by myself. I don't really, I didn't really know too many people up there. I was living on my own, and I was like, okay, uh, I'm making it happen. Let it be. So there came a moment where you realized that even though this is like the pinnacle of what success is, yeah, like you're going to Harvard University, yeah, and you know, you'll you'll forever be immortalized in a sense of like <laughs> I'm a I'm a Harvard grad. Yeah. But you get this sense of like this isn't where I'm supposed to be. Exactly. And I and I, I was just like just like you said, I had that moment internally where it was like, this is not you. Yeah. And I even I remember that's one of the worst days of my life when it hit me. Mm-hmm. Truth truthfully speaking, like it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was yeah. And I was like, I just, I even just hated being in my skin that day. Yeah. And I remember uh, I was uh, I was attending Hillsong Church up there. And that was like a Saturday. Yeah. I remember that day was a Saturday. And the very next day, I was just like, I just got to go to church. So mm-hmm. I stepped in there. Uh, and I just felt like this peace come over me. Mm-hmm. Just for a quick second. I just, real quick question. Why did you feel like you had to go to church? I... I to be honest, in the moment, I couldn't tell you. I was just like, I just got up and I was like, I can't be in this house. I, I was living in, my, in an apartment by myself, mm-hmm. and I was like, I can't be in this house by myself alone with my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in the church, so I know what it feels like. Uh, I know what it feels like to be in that community and be surrounded and feel like you uh, belong. And uh, (laughs) so, like, yeah, like, that idea of, like, okay, I want to be surrounded not by my thoughts Mm -hmm. and what's really weighing me down. Mm Because I promise you those 24 hours were the worst 24 hours of my life. I can, like, because, you know, when you make extreme statements like that, you can be like, "Eh." I promise you those are the worst. That was the worst day of my life. And I was like, no, no, no. I got to be surrounded by something 
that's bigger than and me. And I know the feeling. It's the fear of, like, it, it, the reason why it's so horrible is because it's like, okay, if this isn't it, then what is? And I don't know what that is. Yeah, yeah, And that's yeah, a scary yeah. place to be, like, right in between not knowing, to, do I go left, right, up, down? I don't know. Exactly. Right? So And so I think that in that moment, that piece that I got was much bigger than the situation that I found myself in. Mm. And I was like, okay, this is for me. Yeah. And that's when I really, I knew, I even, I remember coming back down, like, you know, spending so much time with, like, like these guys and, like, chopping it up and getting into, like, just the reality of things. Mm-hmm. And I was, I realized that that decision was made in that moment because I knew that peace that I felt. Mm-hmm. But it's just something that I had to bring myself to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like your mind had to catch up with where your heart already exactly, was. Exactly, exactly. And I wanted to say that, too. I think it's important. We're going to talk about this next week as we start the series Bullseye. Um, a lot of times we try to find our purpose within creation um, instead of understanding that our purpose is linked to our creator. And I think that the reason why your heart drew you to church is because you were wanting to go to the creator to somehow find, show me, God, like, why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? And also community is how you discover some of your answers. It's how you got into a place of being affirmed in the peace that you felt you know, through community. So that's why the vision of One Shot Church is we want to be a community where you can believe and you can belong so that you can become. Mm. Um, so That's rich. I'll give Yvette this mic. You can keep okay. that one. But I was going to ask Yvette, too. So walk us through uh, your transitions. Uh, Yvette has a lot to say about me. Trying, Come on, Yvette. Trying to force her to go to college. But that was not me. I was just, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, so you had college. I know you had... Uh, even um, things with Bethel, if you want to get into um, kind of her heart as a worshiper and things she wants to learn, and just you navigating that whole space to where you kind of are now. Anything you want to share about that? Uh, sure. So out of high school, um, I was kind of just going through motions. I wasn't really, like, invested in school. Honestly, if I think about it, like, it just wasn't my thing. Um, I did like a pretty good job in school my mom's an educator so that was her expectation um and her expectation like out of high school was that I was going to college like no question about it um and so I felt like I had to go because my mom said um and I think that was a time where if I could sum up my whole experience with like college it was just honestly it's been a struggle um for me um but it's been a growth process as well because I, looking back, like hindsight, I kind of realize the reason I think I had so much trouble with college was because, first of all, I didn't know what I wanted to do at all. I think I kind of just threw a major together because, like, coming out of high school, 12th grade, people are like, oh, like, oh, great, you're going to college. Like, asking you those questions, you feel that, you start to feel that pressure to, like, have your answers together. What are you going to do with the rest of your yeah, life? Yeah, it's almost like cookie cutter. <laughs> like, you go home. Yeah, like you go home and practice those questions, those answers to those questions. So I kind of had like my questions down pat. Oh, yeah, like I'm going to go to I'm applying to these schools. You know, this is my school that I want to get into. This is I'm, I think I was saying like I was going to be a communications major and things like that. And honestly, I think if I was real with myself, that's not what I wanted to do at all. I had just taken like two classes in high school and I was like, oh, this is fun. Like writing is fun. But that's not really what I wanted to do. Um, so I remember actually, um, my mom 
was trying to encourage me and she was like, you know, um, you can get scholarships and things like that. And I think part of me just, I don't know, not like bougie, but just like, I was like, you know, like my mom makes too much money. That was the thought in my mind. My mom and my dad make too much money for me to get scholarships. So I'm not even going to look at them. Um, and I think she was trying to get me to like understand the importance of just like going after something. Um, but it, it really was no motivation. Um, I got into most of the schools that I applied to. Um, and then I remember my mom and I picked Towson because it was just like, my sister had gone to Towson. My mom went to Towson for, um, you know, some credit credentials for like Montgomery County. Um, and so they were pushing that on me. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll just go to Towson, whatever. It's not a big thing. Um, and then I remember signing up, like signing up uh, online with my mom. She was like about to go through like paying, um, I, I don't think it was like the tuition, but paying some sort of fee. Yeah, enrollment fee. And she was looking at me and like she stopped and we started to have a conversation. At the end of the conversation, my mom goes, you're not ready to go to school. I said, what? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? Like I'm about to like sign up and get my roommate and you know, she's like, yeah, you're not ready. I just remember being so pissed off at my mom. I was like, you know what? You pushed me to go here and now you're trying to tell me that I'm not ready. Um, and I think hindsight, like looking back at it, definitely was not ready um and I'm grateful because my mom saw that um and even like going into community college I was like I don't know what the heck I want to do I'm just kind of here I was like just kind of floating through because it's like it's something to do like people are expecting me to be in college and you know maybe one day I'll land on something so that was kind of my journey with that so like a few things that I heard is one of the things is that we have to deal with expectations in order to like discover who we are in order to discover what our purpose is we have to navigate through expectations our own expectations the expectations of other people and that can be challenging because if you know if we're not careful we can start to other people can start to vicariously live through us and we're not in control of our own life of our own thoughts our own opinions our own feelings and emotions and then the other thing, too, that I noticed is that it seems like when we're not doing or when we're not being the person that we're supposed to be, there's always this frustration. There's always this, like, internal tension that just doesn't go away. And we might try to find ways to navigate the tension or the frustration, but could it be that the reason why you're experiencing that is because you are not the person you're supposed to be and you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing? I was just going to say to that point, no, like, I definitely agree. I think within myself, I knew that there was no, I think I kind of got into this with Shayun and, like, Dante. Mm -hmm. Like, there was no academic, like, um, what's the word? Like, major that I actually wanted to do uh, that drew my attention. And I kind of looked into, like, singing and stuff like that um, as a... Uh, as a major, or like, you know, music, um, but still that wasn't even like to the point, I think to the point what like actually gave me joy was like yeah. worship in, it, in itself. And I was like, I don't know how to like make that a major in college. I don't know how to like focus that. How do you make that. money off of that? How do you monetize that? Yeah, yeah, and I didn't know, I didn't know like pretty much, like I knew 
that, but I was scared to admit that because um, I felt like, especially in my household, like my mom was so, she's like, you need to do something to make money. Mm-hmm. Like you need security, safety, like you need health insurance, like, which is real. I yeah. get it. But um, it was hard to like have that. And then also it was hard to hear that. And then also like feel how I was feeling. I didn't know mm-hmm. how to put those two together. I think for uh, people maybe who are far removed from college, too, we want to zoom in on that. Like, what does it look like to feel like your soul and your internal being is, like, eroding as you sit in your cubicle or in your corner office or (laughs) if you're an entrepreneur, whatever that might be, to know it's not just college. Uh, Some of you are waiting for your retirement. You might be two or three years away, but you still feel like you've never reached a point of Mm -hmm. success. And and I think this is the conversations we want to have. I was, uh, we're going to round the corner a bit in in a second, but I did want to raise, I think, especially when it comes to church uh, and it comes to our Christian circles, uh, you might not be a Christian watching this, but we do want to speak from uh, a Christian perspective. Yeah. We bring up words such as uh, calling or we bring up words such as like, hey, this is my gift and my ministry and this is mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to do. Uh, and I think that adds another layer of pressure even as yeah. you're trying to work and navigate through success. Um, and, and then I did want to share something, too, regarding um, just the pursuit of money. And no, man, we got to live. So even yeah. in you finding your calling and purpose, God yeah. desires you to live. <laughs> it's like you got you got to figure things out um but did you guys have any thoughts when someone talks to you about hey not just what do you want to do but maybe in a christian context it's like what is your calling does that make you feel pressure do you feel like yeah i figured out what i'm called to do any thoughts about calling and what's the other word we use for that i know i've heard calling i've heard your uh your gifting or people prophesying over you your anointing your anointing anointing. yeah any (laughs) thoughts about that receive the anointing you don't have to have thoughts. That's, just, uh, <laughs> my Benny Hinn interpretation. Thank you, Othello. Thank you, Othello. My Benny Hinn interpretation. Big Zoom, They're big not Zoom. listening, but Othello's with me. Yeah, I think, like, for me, um, you hear that a lot, and that is, that is pressure. Mm-hmm. That is pressure. And I wanna, that's one of the things I didn't know. There's a lot of unknowns when you're going through situations, there's a lot of unknowns. And, like, one thing I really didn't know was that there was a, a part of me that was kind of, Oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. All right, so there's a lot of, <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of unknowns in, uh, in going through steps in your, in your life. Mm-hmm. And one thing that was, like, really unknown for me was, like, in retrospect, now I understand that I was running away from that because that's pressure. Yeah. That is pressure. That's the pressure of, oh, you have this anointing. You have, you have, a, you have a calling. You have something that you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, wow, okay. Let me just try to figure out what I'm going to do first. Yeah. Then I'll get back to that. And yeah. A time. lot of people run from that just because it's so ambiguous. Yeah. Like, like what you said is purpose, calling, whatever. It just, what, what does that mean? Have you experienced any of that too? You want to talk about it? Yeah, so um, I think this kind of ties into, like, my college story. Um, because I felt so strongly about worship, I was kind of just like, that's what I need to do for the rest of my life. Like, that's how I need to make money. That's what I need to be focusing on. Um, which I guess in a sense is true. But, I mean, 
those words are three very different words. I feel like calling and purpose are pretty much the same. I mean, I don't know how you guys are thinking about it, but calling to me, I feel like is my purpose. Like what what is my life um, supposed to display, kind of. Um, and then, what were the other giftings and ministry? Yeah, we just threw all that together. Oh. I think at church, a lot of times, you that's yeah. the angle you start falling into, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so. and I think people are also, like, just in that thought, like, I think people are also so quick to, like, try and put people into bubbles. It's like, especially in church, it's like, oh, like, you're a worship leader, but okay, maybe I like media too, like. You know, maybe I like doing tech stuff, too. Like, um, I feel like your giftings, it's not just, like, one gift that you have. Like, I have a lot of gifts, you know. Um, maybe some are more, uh, what's the word? Yeah, prominent than others, but that doesn't mean that I'm not good at a lot of things. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely, like, feel that. I don't think I feel that pressure anymore because I really don't be caring what people think anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's definitely, especially growing up in church. Yeah, I think one thing, one thing about pressure is that um, it puts you in a position where uh, I, I, there was a point where I thought I figured it out, and I figured it out, and the, me figuring it out was that I was like, okay, I'm gonna shape my purpose, I'm gonna make it happen, and. Uh, there was a there was a stark humbling coming at the end of that, but definitely there was a point where I was like, I figured it out, I I have it figured out, and I'm gonna shape it, I'm gonna make it happen, and that's not how it's gonna go down. And I think like um, we always talking about what grace is, and grace is like grace. Nothing humbles you like grace. That like nothing humbles you like grace. And I think that and, and in order to really like in order to really like be in a position where you can receive that you have to be like at the very end of yourself mm -hmm. and it was when I was like I went through that process and I was That's like good. I don't know I don't know what I want to do I don't know what I want to do uh, I try to make it happen and I can't make it happen mm -hmm. so what is it now and then that's when Jesus was like all right this is where I can take over yeah mm -hmm. I, was like, <laughs> I was like yeah go ahead and so like and that's where I am now I feel like that's why I always say, like, I really love my life because it's simple. Like, it's not me that's, like, it's effortless because I'm not the one putting in the effort. That's, like, mm -hmm. I'm not the one doing the work. Like, my work is, like, to be keyed in on what Christ is doing in my life, not, like, what I have to do. Mm -hmm. I'm not, like, hey, God, what do I have to do next? Like, yeah. it's more about him living that through me. Like, Absolutely. you know what I mean? So. So I think like if you <clears throat> if you are a believer, um, obviously we are, and uh, so that's our philosophy, that's our worldview that that that's going to come forward. But I think it's so important that um, we're going to talk about this next week and next week's sermon. I'll be talking about uh, how to begin to discover your purpose, and one of the things we're going to key in and hone in on is you have to discover who you were created by and what you were created for. And I think that whether you believe that in creation or that we just kind of evolved from nothing into 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 a beautiful, or immaculate monkeys. something, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. So, but um, but but uh, I think we have to start with the Creator, and I think that as we gain our identity, as we gain our 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 security, 
from the creator, now we can start to have a little more confidence in what he, in not us, the creation, but really him, the creator, and knowing yeah. he knows what to do with us mm -hmm. because he gave us our personality. He gave us our giftings. He gave us our everything that makes us who we are as individuals. It came from somewhere. It came from someone. So discovering his purpose and his motive, I think, gives us that confidence to stand in who we are and who we're supposed to be, irregardless of what others might think. Yeah. You know, because other people may want you to be this. You only get one life. One shot. You only get one shot. You only get one life. So do you live the one life that you have to live trying to please other people? trying to live out the expectations or the dreams or the vision of other people? Or do you dig deep and you discover what your creator has created you to do and who he's created you to become and you start to fulfill that and walk in that courageously? There's going to be times of and moments of fear, but I promise you God will surround you with a community of faith that will keep you, that will encourage you, and will help you to discover who God has created you to be. I'm preaching right now, so I'm going to give this back over to, to, to <laughs> Brother had, Olu. Yvette had a, a thought. Uh, we're about Speak to round the thought. corner and close out shortly. Um, just our last few thoughts, as a, and, and like Rodney shared too, um, we're going to be unpacking this. This yeah. is not a one-time conversation. Uh, this is not a, uh, you, you're, not, you're not supposed to define your life's purpose within 30 minutes or an hour or a year or 15 or, or that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Forever we will be un, un, uncovering a purpose, but to know God intended something and he's not waiting for you to mess your life up uh, he made you for a reason and therefore he wants that reason to be fulfilled and he will help you to have that reason fulfilled um but yeah you had a thought uh, i was just thinking about what rodney had said i i kind of look at purpose um the way you were saying like about who my creator is and then who i'm created to be and i think that makes it a lot easier for me i feel like there's a lot of like um what other people are trying to tell you like you should do this, you should be this. Um, and it's so easy to get fixated on that. But I think once you dumb it down to like, not dumb it down, but y'all know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, simplify it to like who God is and who God created me to be. I think it's so much easier to live with authenticity. Um, and I feel like I've had to define that not as like me trying to be perfect in like who God has created me to be, but just like, being who God asked me to be mm. and really like living in that. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's a restful place to be. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it's, it's a tiring thing to be somebody that you're not. Mm. You know, in my context, you know, uh, especially before, uh, you know, uh, I, I should say Christ found me, I was, I was trying to be someone that I wasn't. And that was exhausting. Yeah. And even then when I discovered Christ and started walking and, and, and who God has called me to be and other people started discovering the giftings that I had, the leadership abilities that I had, all of a sudden there were these heavy expectations that they had and that they were placing on me. And I started feeling like, oh, wait a minute, I'm losing myself here. And I started drowning in this like like this 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 uh this matrix, this fake place, you know what I mean? And yeah. like you said, when when you have the freedom to just be Man, that is a. It's easy to just be myself. Mm. It's difficult for me to portray uh, or to per personify something or someone that I'm not. Yeah, that's exhausting. And I think that people of all ages, of all backgrounds, experience that 
exhaustion and that frustration of trying to be someone, trying to maintain an image that really isn't consistent with who you are and who you were created to be. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I, I think the big takeaway is this, man. All of us have a bullseye for our lives. Mm-hmm. The thing is, your bullseye will be unique to who God made you to be. Yeah. Over these next few weeks, we'll be unpacking the things that uh, from, from the scriptures, from God's truth, that will help us to define what that bullseye is. And we'll see that there's similarities that will overlap because we're in community. But my brother Sonny, Yvette, or Rodney could never do what I was made to do. Right. And that's not because they're not great in their own right, but it's because God uniquely wired me to do something. Mm-hmm. So our whole goal that we're pushing you towards and what we want to push you towards, so feel free to comment, uh, DM us any questions, yeah, email man. Share us, Share this conversation. Uh, the whole goal is this, to help us to define who it is God made us uniquely to be, yeah. and then to go do that. Because at the end of the day, it's about God getting the credit and the glory so yeah. other people can see him better and not just see us. Yeah. That's not the point of what we're doing. And um, you only get one life to one do life, this. One, one shot. shot. There we go. One, one shot. shot. So, so don't uh, waste it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I know there's, we could talk about this for uh, we much, really can. a much longer time. Yep. Uh, we want to yep. thank our guests so much for Facts. joining us today. <laughs> Appreciate you guys yep. rocking out with us. Yep. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, check us out for the rest of this series, yeah. Bullseye. We're going to yeah. have a lot more to share about purpose, uh, about your calling, about destiny, about mm-hmm. all of these things thrown together. And hopefully we all come out better on the tail end of that. Yeah. Uh, so we would pray real quick with you guys and then of course like we said feel free to comment any things brother Rodney would you like to pray us out for today sure man let's do this Jesus we are so thankful uh God that you love us and you created with you created us with love for love and God I thank you that um you're helping us to 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 take steps closer to you and to knowing you and discovering more about you because as we, as Paul said, our life is hidden in you. And so as we discover more about you, we discover more about who we are and what our purpose is and what the meaning and the value that we have to our lives. God, um, help us to just be honest with ourselves. Help us to be real with ourselves and not try to hide, not try to front, but help us to ask hard questions. And God, I pray that uh, as we continue to navigate this series, Bullseye and Discovering Purpose and Identity, that God, we would just be better, better off that we will be uh, more secure, more solid in who we are and who you've called us to be. And it's in your precious, beautiful name we pray. Amen. See you guys soon. Like, share this with your friends. Comment below. If you again. know what your purpose is, again. if you know what your purpose is, again. shout amen in the Othello's comments. going to cut this off at some huh? point. I don't know. Okay. Othello. <laughs> Peace huh? out, y'all. Amen. Pookie, Ray Ray, and there's always a Ray Ray in somebody's family. Huh? Maybe not. I'm sorry. I'm done. Okay. I don't know if I should have kept it rolling, but I'm going to stop it now. You stopped it now? I'm going to stop it. I didn't stop it. Stop it. <laughs>